how good is it to be on Team Jesus? That's what I want to say. Yes, it's so very good. Our victory is always and forever in Him. Can't wait for the day when we see Him face to face. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. This is our series of messages called Distinctives for Disciples. Distinctives for Disciples. And what this is really is core Christianity. What we believe, why we believe it, the things that every Christian should know, whether you are a new Christian or whether this is a refresher on your Christian faith, is so very important that we know what we believe, why we believe it, and that we not only know our faith but live our faith and give our faith away because it's too good to keep to ourselves. And we've talked about some very important subject topics that are vital to Christian living, like how to know for certain that you're going to heaven. That's vital, isn't it? And so we preached a message called Saved and Certain and Secure, our security in Christ, our assurance in Christ. We talked about overcoming temptation and when we don't overcome temptation, finding forgiveness through confession. We talked about the trustworthiness of God's Word, the Bible is God's inerrant, infallible, inspired Word. All of it, not just part of it, but every word is the Word of God. And we're grateful for God's Word. God's Word is true. It is trustworthy. We talked about the Spirit-filled life and what it means to walk in the Spirit, that the Christian life is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We talked about prayer. And today we come to the subject of faith. How can you speak of Christian living apart from faith? Someone described faith as the golden key that unlocks all of the provision and promises of God in our lives. Yes, faith. And when we speak of faith, we turn to Hebrews chapter 11, which you may know if you've been around your Bible for a while as the faith chapter. Now, the Bible is a book of faith. This is a faith book. The great country preacher, Vance Havner from North Carolina, once said about the Bible, he said, one of these days, someone is going to pick up this Bible, read it, and believe it, and the rest of us are going to be ashamed of ourselves. So this book is a faith book, and there are many great chapters in the Bible. Just think of some of the great chapters in the Bible. Start with Genesis 1 and creation. Think about Isaiah 53 and the prophecy of the suffering servant, the Savior who would come. Uh, think of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And moving over to the New Testament, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 begins with no condemnation and it ends with no separation and all that life that we have in between. We are more than conquerors, super conquerors in Christ. Romans 8, uh, D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said, I would rather live in Romans 8 than in the Garden of Eden because they fell in the Garden of Eden, but you cannot fall in, uh, from the truth of Romans chapter 8. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Many great chapters in the Bible, mountain peak kinds of of scriptures. If you want to speak about faith, though, you would turn to Hebrews chapter 11. It's been described as God's hall of faith or God's hall of fame. We have various hall of fame. Baseball has one, of course. Hall of fames where the greats of uh, the past are honored 
And, and so what you have in Hebrews chapter 11 are the heroes and the heroines of the faith. Because faith is very hard to define at some levels, but it is most beautifully described. Faith is not something we say. Faith is something that we live. And in these days, in these days when we are terrorized by wars and fears and there's so much anxiety and depression and uh, many people want to give up on their faith, but this is not a time to leave your faith. This is the time to live your faith. And the Bible says the just, the righteous, says it multiple times, the righteous will live by faith. And so we live this faith. It is active, it is dynamic, it is powerful. And so in chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, we're going to read the first three verses, and then we're going to scroll down to verse 6 and preach from there. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And then look at verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that he is, and that he rewards those who seek him. This is faith. And faith is foundational to the Christian life. We live by faith. And what does that look like? What does it mean right here from Scripture when it says we are to live by faith? That faith is substantive. Faith is real. Faith, though unseen, is not temporal, but it is eternal. I've read many definitions of faith over time. Philip Yancey said faith means believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. Someone else said, faith is trusting God in spite of the condition or the cost or the consequence of believing. I like that. Someone else said, faith is an active confidence that God's promises are always true. The confidence, the certainty that God's promises are true. Faith sees the opportunity, doubt sees the obstacles. And as I said, faith is that, that key that unlocks everything from God's treasure house of blessings upon our lives. We, of course, are saved by faith. We receive eternal life by believing and receiving Jesus Christ by simple faith. It is not complicated. There are many complicated things in life and truly in the theology of the Bible. But it is not complicated. A small child. In fact, Jesus said, unless you believe and come to Christ like a small child, you'll never be converted. So our faith can be childlike. It can be simple. It can be small. But saving faith, Paul put it this way. When asked, what, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Paul put it this way, if you confess with your mouth, Romans 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be 
saved, to be saved from our sin, all of it, to receive Christ into our lives. The Scripture says in uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them gave me the right to be called the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. So believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. And when you read the word faith here, it could be translated trust or it could be translated confident. I like that word confident. The Apostle Paul said, I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. I know what I believe, not just what I have believed, but I know in whom and whom I have believed. We have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of our faith in Christ, we're told here that this faith gives us hope. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is hope. I've always defined hope as the certain, the sure confidence that our future is in His hands. The assurance that we are with Him now and that we will be with Him forever. When I sat down with Bishop, uh, or pardon me, with Rabbi uh, Jason Sobel, he gave a definition of hope that I don't know that I'd, I'd actually heard before. But his definition of hope was we believe that our future is better and brighter than our past. Amen. That's good. We have a bright hope. Hope for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Faith for today and bright hope for tomorrow because we know that we have believed in the one who will keep what he has committed unto us against that day, the day when we see him. And in this time in which we face so many problems and so many pressures in our lives, not only just worldwide, but the personal problems that you're facing, problem with your kids, marital discord, strife in our streets, all this going on around us. How can we live in this pressure cooker of a world? My mother used to cook green beans in a pressure cooker. And uh, if you've ever seen one of those things, it's quite a contraption. And uh, every now and then, we had a very small house, but every now and then she would put beans in the pressure cooker and I would hear that thing start rattling and uh, when it started rattling, it was just a matter of time till the lid blew off of that thing and beans were all over the ceiling. And, and, and I always, when I think of the pressure that we're under, I mean, maybe you feel like you're in a, in a pressure cooker right now. And of all things, you need to have faith in God. I'm not talking about faith in faith or faith in the flesh. It's not faith in me, but faith in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is only as valid as its object. I mean, you can believe a lot of things that are fanciful and mystical and so on, but our faith is in what God's Word, God's promise has provided for us in Jesus Christ. Our faith is in Christ and Christ alone. And so we have this hope in Him. We are saved by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is an essential passage for believers. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so grace through faith. You know what grace is. I learned it as a small child, but grace is the gift of God, a little acrostic. God's riches at Christ's expense. 
God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is what God has done for us. We do not save ourselves. We do not earn our salvation, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. And so there's nothing that I can do to save myself, nothing you can do. Most people on the streets of America and around the world would say, if you ask them, uh, what does it take to go to heaven? They're going to talk about good character, good works, and all of these things are good and to be admired, but none of them get you to heaven. I wouldn't trust the best five minutes I ever lived to get me to heaven. Our good deeds, our good works cannot satisfy the holy and perfect righteous demands of a loving God. And so what God has done is provided for us the gift of eternal life. And so grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. He paid the price. He died. He rose again. And what is faith? Faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all I trust him. That's what faith is. And just picture God's hand of grace reaching down to you. And by faith, you reach up. And forsaking all, self and sin, you turn from your sin, that's repentance, and receive Christ into your life. That's when the transaction is done. When Jesus died on the cross, he exclaimed, Tetelestai, it is finished. That was not the cry of defeat. It was the cry of victory. When Jesus said, it is finished, he wasn't nearly finished. Satan was finished. Salvation's plan was finished. To Telestai, the victory is won. When you see our Texas Ranger Evan Carter wearing a Jesus One shirt, that's what that means. It's not that the Rangers won or we won, it's that Jesus won the victory at the cross, paid the price took the penalty, took the sin, the shame, the death, the hell. He died for us. He went to the grave. On the third day, he came out of the grave. He ascended on high. He reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is coming again in great glory to take us all to heaven. Jesus won, and therefore we win. Therefore we win because we are in Christ and we share in his victory. So this is faith. This is just the beginning of faith. Salvation at the start, when you receive Christ, and certainly salvation when we are glorified in his presence, but what happens in between? What happens in between? Well, by faith, I choose, I realize God's presence in my life. You're taking notes, that's the first point. By faith, I realize God's presence. That's why verse 1 is in chapter 11 at the start. Faith is the assurance, the conviction, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the conviction of things not seen. Words like substance and evidence and conviction and confidence and assurance and this this hope that we have in him. You see, we know God's presence. We know God because God has given us something very wonderful. It is the faculty of faith, the ability to believe. Animals do not have this. The trees and the wonders of God's creation do not possess this. 
This is something that God, when he breathed the breath of life in us, gave to each one of us, and that is the ability to believe. We have physical senses of taste and touch and sight and smell and hearing, but we have the ability, a faculty, a a sixth faculty, which is the ability to believe in God. This is something God gives you. And we then have a responsibility. That's why later on as I read verse 6 that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. We have a responsibility. And that is to believe in God. Faith enables us to experience God. Faith helps us, enables us to know that God is real. 2 Corinthians 4.18, I wrote a book about this, The Unseen World. It says, what we see, this isn't what's ultimately real. These things are temporal. The unseen world is temporal. But the unseen world is eternal. And did you know all around you there is a spiritual world whirling with activity? And what we need to do by faith is to tune in and to connect with this spiritual world that is all around us, angels that are all around us even right now, spiritual beings. These would include demon spirits in this unseen world, this invisible world. It is a world without that is experienced within, but it is God's world. Faith is substance. It's real. And you say, well, I only believe in things that I can see, that what science tells me. No, you don't. You believe in a lot of things that you can't see with your physical eyes. And, you know, faith in a generic, general sense, I mean, we practice it all the time. It takes a lot of faith to drive on the tollway these days. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of faith. I mean, you go to your pharmacy, to your uh, drugstore and the pharmacist you know, looks at a prescription uh, that you can't even read that your doctor may have written out and about a medication you don't know what's in it you read all those words and all the side effects and it would scare you to death right and yet by faith that guy gives you some pills and you take them because by faith at some level you know you, know, you, you plant a seed you plant seeds in your yard you can't see the result but you believe they're going to sprout I mean we practice faith in a generic sense Throughout our life, you would be paralyzed if you didn't have some faith. You wouldn't come out of your house without faith. But we're not talking just about generic faith. We're talking about God faith, faith in in Christ himself. And some people say, well, are you talking about faith? Is it kind of a a leap into the dark? No, it's not a leap into the dark. It's a leap into the light. We now have faith eyes to see within. We have the eyes of the heart. We have spiritual eyes that we activate by faith. And so we are to believe. Now, why must we believe for God to reward us? I mean, why couldn't God just just say everyone is in the family, everyone is coming home? Why must we believe Because God has given us this capacity to love him and to believe in him, to choose him. It's not automatic. You must become a believer. You get that? 
You must become a believer. Now, there is a brand of theology. Call it Calvinism, Reformed theology, whatever you choose, that Jesus died only for the elect. For God so loved the elect. Is that what it says? No. For God so loved the world that whosoever, anyone and everyone who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let me just give you some scriptures to counteract what some of you may have been reading regarding this wonderful salvation and that we have no choice, we have no part in salvation. Yes, God is sovereign. He is powerfully, beautifully sovereign, but he chooses his will to be our will. And in Isaiah 53, 6, let's listen to this one. Isaiah 53, 6 says, Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus died for all. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, who? All. Will he not now also with him graciously give us all things? 1 Timothy 2, 4. God, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of of the truth. 1 John 4, 14, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. 1 John 2, 1 and 2, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation that is the satisfaction of and for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for all. Every person is a candidate for his salvation. Revelation 22, verse 17, the Bible concludes with this word, the Spirit and the bride say, come, let him who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Whosoever will may come. I am a gospel preacher who gives an invitation for people to respond to the gospel. God calls, God saves, God gives us eternal life, but you must choose to believe and receive in Jesus. You must personally respond to Christ. It's not automatic. It comes when you put your faith in God personally. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the unseen happens. The powerful thing happens. We, we realize God's presence by faith. And, and then by faith we release God's power. That's what verse 2 is about. For by it the people of old received their commendation. And when you read chapter 11, the heroes of the faith, you meet these one by one Old Testament saints and believers. Did you know Christians were called believers before they were called Christians? So these are Old Testament believers. And one by one, we meet them in the Scriptures. It's a walk through the Bible. And whether starting with Abel, who offered by faith a more acceptable sacrifice, or by faith uh, Enoch was taken up as he walked with God, or by faith 
It was Noah being warned of God, constructed an ark, who by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out uh, to a place out of Ur of the Chaldees. He received the promise from God. That is the beginning of the Jewish nation. By faith, Sarah, and read the scripture one by one from, from Abraham and Isaac to Jacob to Moses to, to the great champions that we meet here in Hebrews chapter 11. All of them did one thing. They lived by faith. They were activated by faith. And because of it, are you still listening? Because of it, God released power in their lives. Wonder-working power. Miracle-working power. And did you know that same God who is all-powerful, who can do anything but fail, is still able to release his power in your life and mine? I mean, God's not older, cannot do what he used to do. <laughs> He's eternal. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we believe God, when we trust in him, then God begins to work in ways that we can't explain. Call it a miracle. Call it a manifestation. Call it a great movement of God in our lives. But God works in response to faith. When we take God at his word, when we believe God, and I would simply ask you a very personal question. What are you, what are you believing God to do in your life right now? Are you believing God and trusting him with all your heart to do what only he can do? Faith releases the power of God in our lives. And it's a wonderful thing when it happens. And so... Your children aren't too far gone. God can do a miracle in their lives. You start believing God for your children. You say, can I believe God for someone else? Absolutely. We find that in the gospel accounts, people coming to Jesus in behalf of someone else. Is your marriage breaking apart? It's going to take a miracle for God to restore your marriage. Yes, God can restore your marriage, but you must believe and trust God and his word. You're financially broken and insecure, fractured. Will God take care of you? Yes, he will. And you can believe God for his provision in his life, in ways, in your life, in ways that you won't even expect. I'm, I showed up here today just to remind you that when you believe God, when you pray and ask and trust in God, that God does wonderful things in our lives, wonder-working things in our lives that we cannot explain. And just read what happened in the Old Testament. Read what happens in the New Testament because faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm here to preach God's Word and to pour some faith into your life today to encourage you and equip you to start trusting God at a whole new level in your life. Yes, faith. By faith, we realize God's presence. By faith, we, we, uh, we release God's power. 
And by faith, by faith, we recognize God's purpose for our lives. That's verse 3. We understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. And when God created the earth, when God made His purposes fulfilled and are being fulfilled, you know, Jesus made it all. Jesus paid it all. He also made it all. Because in the book of Colossians, it says that he is the Christ of the cosmos, that by him all things consist. Everything holds together. Jesus is in control. He is our creator God. And so he has a purpose for this world. That's what that verse is saying. And not only does he have a purpose for the world at large, he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. And when God's power is released in you, you begin trusting God and walking in His Word and in His will, then you begin fulfilling God's purpose. You are giving understanding. We have an understanding here that the worlds are made. We have a biblical worldview. It's not science. Science can't do this. Philosophy can't do this. Only God can do this. By faith, we believe the creation was made by the Word of God, an awesome wonder. By faith, we recognize God's presence. By faith, we realize God's power. By faith, we understand and realize God's presence and our purpose. And one other thing, by faith, we receive God's reward. By faith, we receive God's reward. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God, verse 6, but God rewards those who diligently seek Him. That's another verse, by the way, about our choice and our connection with God. We choose, we seek God. And He seeks us, He comes after us, and we respond uh, in faith. He rewards those who seek him. Now, very quickly, in closing down this message, just by way, he said, how can I get more faith in my life? What's the takeaway here? If by faith we recognize God's presence, we know that he is, that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he's real. By faith, we release God's power in our lives. Mountain-moving power. Doesn't take a lot of faith, just a little faith. They say a, a little faith will get your soul to heaven and a great faith will get heaven to your soul. So to release great faith and then to realize God's purpose and to receive God's reward. How do we get there? Well, one, exercise the faith that you have. Start there. It may be small, but start working on that. Faith is like a muscle. It needs to be exercised in order to grow. So activate your faith. Use the faith you have. And then elevate your prayers. Faith is a gift, and if it's a gift, we can ask for faith. If you need more faith, ask God to give you more faith. A man came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so when you have questions, come to the Lord with your questions and ask him to give you the gift to believe. Start I like to say, stop doubting your doubt. Start, stop doubting, start to doubting your faith and start believing your faith. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. We do that by faith. So elevate your prayers and then saturate your mind with God's word. As I said, faith comes by hearing in God's word. And so if you want to be a man, a woman of faith, Get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you because God's Word 
is the tool that builds our faith. And then dedicate yourself completely to Christ. Right on the heels of chapter 11 in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking away and unto Jesus. That's commitment to Jesus Christ, that you would completely trust him. Because when you do, your faith is going to go and it's going to grow all the way to glory. And one day, it will be worth it all when you see Jesus. To live by faith. One day we're going to see it by sight. Peter said, though we haven't seen him, we love him. I don't mind telling you, you're looking at a man who loves Jesus. I love him. And one day, we're going to see him. You know when I knew we were going to win the World Series, Texas Rangers? It was game one. We were down. We weren't hitting. We'd struggle through winning games on the road. Have you seen the acrostic? We were a road champion. We won all these games 11 in a row. That's probably a record won't be broken to win 11 games on the road like this. Road, R-O-A-D. Speaking of F-A-I-T-H, G-R-A-C-L. How about R-O-A-D? Rays, Orioles, Astros, Diamondbacks. We took them all out. But I I knew we were going to win when Corey Seager hit a home run to tie the game in the eighth inning, first game of the World Series. And uh, then we go to extra innings, and this happened. wasn't profanity, God's name in vain. It's what I'm going to say. In a, that's just a foretaste of what we're going to see and what I'm going to say when I see Jesus. Oh, my Lord, in his presence. That is our victory in Jesus. That's just, just a little taste. And I believe it and I see it by faith. Don't you? Amen. Yeah. Hey, Rangers let me down a lot of years. But God's never let me down. Jesus is Lord. And by faith we live. So would you stand with me, please? Everyone standing together. I'm going to invite you to put your faith and trust in Christ today. You're not here by accident or chance. God led you here. His Spirit is drawing you to Himself. You don't just choose all of a sudden to decide to follow Jesus. No, he prompts you, he prepares you, he speaks to you, his spirit is convicting you of your need of Christ, but now you must respond. You can say yes or you can say no. 
Pilate looked at the crowd before they crucified Jesus and said, what will you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? That's the question of the ages. What will you do with Jesus? Will you put your faith and trust in him today? The ministers of our church are here and upstairs, right at the front, upstairs in the balcony, online. You can connect. You can receive Christ. 74788, text the word Jesus. And we're standing by to encourage you in your faith. Do that right now. But in the room, I'm going to invite you to come forward and put your faith and trust in Christ. You say, just, you know, I don't understand it all. If you wait until you understand it all or you get it all together, you'll never come. You take a small step of faith. You believe God. You trust Him. And when you do that, you will discover that you will experience His presence and His power in your life. So come today. The power to break every, every chain. The power to break the powers of addiction in your life. The, the, the power to overcome everything that's going on in your life. Jesus can save you. I'm telling you, He will do it today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So come to Jesus today. If you're already a believer and follower of our Lord, then come and join this church. Get with us on our mission to tell the world. You know, our faith, as I said, we're going to be talking about how to share your faith later in this series. So our faith is too good to keep to ourselves. Don't just keep the faith. Give it away. And so come and get in this church and be a part of the work and the witness of this congregation. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today, you can do that. You haven't been living for the Lord. You've not been walking with the Lord. And you need God. You need to restore your relationship with God and renew your faith in Him. Come today. We'll pray with you. We'll encourage you. You can recommit your life and re-up your faith, if you will, as you follow Jesus. Lord, move in every heart and every life. We have faith to believe and trust in you even now, Lord. And I pray that men, women, boys, and girls will do right now what they'll be so glad that they have done when they celebrate you in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for worship at Prestonwood. As you heard earlier, if you made a decision for Christ, please text Jesus to 74788. We would love to connect with you and give you these great resources to help you grow in your faith. One is a New Believer's Bible with helpful notes to help you study God's Word. The other is a book by Pastor Jack Graham on the next steps to take as you pursue this new life in Christ. As we close, I'd like to thank you for your faithful giving to support Prestonwood and the work God is doing through our ministries. If you would like to give, text the word GIVE to 74788 or visit Prestonwood.org give. It's been a joy worshiping with you, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.